Welcome to Ah Crap a Hellboy Podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero hosted by me, Mark David Christensen, and Kate Thompson. Well, listeners, Kate is going to be out for a couple of weeks due to um, some very special things happening in her life. I'll let her speak on that in the future, but instead of powering through and continuing on to the readings, we're going to put a pause on our regular programming until Kate returns. So sorry, we won't get to the part two, the second two issues of The Storm um, for a couple more weeks. But while Kate's gone, I'm going to try to my best to put together some fun bonus uh, episode content for you, like this episode that you're listening to right now. In this episode, I got three listeners of the podcast, three different Hellboy fans um, out there to join me uh, briefly to be interviewed and share how they discovered Hellboy and their love for it. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I think it's great. I think these three interviews were wonderful. I want to thank them for taking their time out. Um, Let's not waste any more time listening to me and get to those interviews. Um, Just so you are aware, these will just go right into the next three interviews. They'll be the first one. They'll say their name. And then you'll um, at the end of that interview, you'll hear the next person state their name and so forth. The first question they answer, though, to kick it off, they're answering the question, when or how did you discover Hellboy? I'm Josiah Shoger. When I first discovered Hellboy, it's actually a funny story. I was on a cruise when I discovered Hellboy, a Disney cruise a couple of years ago. For some reason, our stateroom had Hellboy 2 playing on the TV. You know, not a Disney movie at all. And <laughs> everything else was Disney. So I don't know how that happened, but we turned it on. It was in the locker room scene, if you remember that. Yep. And all I remember is I was like, what the heck is this? I was expecting to see like Wally or like Toy Story or something like that. You know, I see this big red guy punching a punching some kind of apparatus in the locker room. So, <laughs> you know, I, I watched a couple minutes of it, didn't think anything of it. And then when I got home, I was like, hey, I might look that up. And here we are many years later, you know, having seen all the movies and you know, I'm not I'm not as big into the comics. I'm more of a movie guy myself. Cool. But I, I do I do read them enough to stay in the know. Great. But that, that, yeah, that's really a story. Yeah, that is quite. Every time somebody tells me a new ver- story of how they discovered Hellboy, mm-hmm. you guys, you blow my mind. <laughs> you, <laughs> fan, you discovered it on a Disney cruise. I just have to reiterate that. I think that is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I get it. I, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad it did though. I know, right? It's like almost because I would assume that like Disney would try to like only play Disney movies on the TV. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, I must add some kind of partnership, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe maybe Disney's buying Hellboy, you know? That's 100%. <laughs> Disney buys everything. You're 100% right. They're, they're taking over. <laughs> or they already have. Probably. <laughs> but that's, okay, cool. So you keep up with the comic books, be your big movie fan. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just get it out of the way. You are the man behind the online persona movement, whatever you want to call it, account, mm-hmm. hashtag release Hellboy 3. I am. Correct? Yes. <laughs> yes. When, what, what? made you so passionate to make that happen <laughs> yeah so i'm glad you brought that up i was wondering if you're gonna bring that up at all i mean how can i avoid it <laughs> you're right you're right yeah so that uh release hellboy thing came about really after a series of actually uh texts on instagram i had with uh doug jones actually we were somehow ended up messaging a little bit back and forth talking about hellboy 3 because you know hellboy 3 has always been on the back burner kind of of 
everyone's minds these days. You know, with all the 80s reboots coming out and like, it seems like every movie is being rebooted. It's like, you know, when are we going to get the one movie we actually want to get rebooted? You know, I don't want a uh, 17th Ghostbusters movie. I want a third <laughs> Hellboy movie. We were talking about that. And after our conversation, because we were talking about Hellboy 3 and he, he was talking about how much he wants to do it. And I was talking about how much I want to see it. I, I was looking around and I realized there really isn't any page or any kind of online presence for, you know, a petition to release Hellboy 3. I was looking at the Snyder Cut and how they had such a successful page and successful petition to get that made. And there's nothing for Hellboy 3. So I figured, you know, why not make it? And here we are. It's It's been a journey, pretty small right now, but uh, I'm, I'm still passionate about it. And I hope people are too. Cool. I love that. Good for you to just be in the heart of it. Uh, my question for you, like, like, like the Snyder Cut, there, there was like presumably footage and things that could be compiled. Do you know if there is like at least a script for Hellboy 3 that maybe Guillermo has been sitting on or anything like that, or even like outlines or anything? Yeah. From what I've heard there, like back during the Hellboy 2 days, he wrote up a partial script, at least a little bit of something that, you know, would get potential studios interested in it that he could pitch. I think all I, all I know about it, you know, obviously not being a big Hollywood insider or anything like that <laughs> and not having talked to GDT about it is that it was going to focus on the, uh, Hellboy's kids, obviously. What was really interesting about it was one of them was going to be, I guess, the personification of light. Another one was going to be personification—that's a big word—of dark. And basically, they were going to, you know, decide the fate of the universe or something like that. It was going to be really cool, really haunting, beautiful film, really big budget film was the issue. He has Del Toro has all these ideas, as as you know, and yeah. he d- doesn't always have the means to make them a reality. Which. I mean, that statement is shocking to me because, I mean, he's earned his? I oh, mean, absolutely. Come on. He's totally earned uh, oh having big budget movies. I mean, I don't know. I mean, having never met the man, I've listened to interviews, especially over this last mm-hmm. like movie season for Awards with Nightmare Alley. Right. He just loves storytelling. I don't know. For lack of a better word, I think he's a little more humble in the sense that I think he'll work with whatever means he can get. Is yes. the feel I get with him? He's not somebody that's going to demand a big budget. He's just going to go for what he can get. Right, I and mean, we and we saw that in the Golden Army. Like he had all these big, you know, climactic scenes that he was going to play out. Like I think specifically of the intro scene with with the, all the animations and the wooden, you know, dolls or whatever. He was going to have that be entirely live action, like a Hobbit slash Lord of the Rings kind of thing. But you know, he works with what he had which I think is honestly one of his biggest strengths is he's able to still create something magical out of, you know, a $5 budget sometimes. I can only agree with you. That's, that's awesome. Well, I hope you make it happen because with the pitch, you just told me that he has written up like regardless of any of their ages. I mean, Perlman, it doesn't matter if he's going to focus on the kids, he can make it happen. Right. Um, especially if they age the same way as Hellboy to a degree, <laughs> he can make it completely happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, I hope he, if it does, if it's going, if it's in the, if it's in the um, universe to make it happen, or I don't know what the phrase is that I'm looking for, but if it can happen, I just, they hope they happen before Selma Blair is like too incapacitated. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. I've been following that. I feel, yeah. Cause it's such a terrible disease that she has to battle. So mm-hmm. like Ron Perlman too, he's, he's not, he's no spring chicken anymore. You know? <laughs> There's going to be a point where 
you know, putting on a full body latex suit is going to is going to kill the guy. It's 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 a lot of work. True. Well, but by all his sound bits and quotes, he doesn't think that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's he's like the biggest supporter for it. Yeah. He's very spry online. Mm -hmm. If it's if it's not about his movie, it's about some politician he thinks is an <laughs> asshole. So. Exactly. He's still spry to a degree. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's great. So I don't even have to ask you. Your favorite, your favorite version of Hellboy is Ron Perlman. Like that is that's your core. Uh, absolutely. In, in case that wasn't obvious by now. <laughs> no, that's great. Um, I think that we forget to like us that love comic books. We just forget that like we got to give props to Guillermo just for bringing in a lot of people to the fold of Hellboy mm -hmm. via his movies. We just have to. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all that. Again, you guys can all check out hashtag release Hellboy 3, right? That's correct. That's how yes. they find you. Yep. Awesome. And at Hellboy 3 on Instagram. Great. There we go. For any newcomer, if you met a newcomer, maybe they've heard of Hellboy. Maybe they haven't, but you got to pitch them. You got to, oh, or gosh. they're on the fence. They're on the fence. Say they're on the fence. They're just curious <laughs> about Hellboy. How would you pitch or sell Hellboy to them to get them to either watch the movie or pick up a comic book? For you, it sounds like movies. So, Mm -hmm. go there how would you pitch it to that uh, that's that's an interesting question that i've never <laughs> had to think about before <laughs> i guess for the movies i would pitch them on something like you know it's a yes it's a monster film you know if you like f monsters fighting and you know ex like big battles and cool effects then it's a must must watch for you what but really the, i think the center the focus of hellboy and hellboy 2 the golden army is uh, it's a it's a really a redemption story almost in my opinion. Um, it's a story about some about a you know a person a character who doesn't belong at all in the world and he's rejected by society and by a lot of people he knows. But then, you know, at some point throughout the story, with the help of all of people around him, he learns that that's not maybe a, that's not a bad thing, and that he can live with who he is and live with his destiny. Um, and I think I think that's really cool about the m movies. Um, also, I'm a big Prince Nuada fan, so I just tell them all about Prince Nuada. I love that guy. <laughs> what would you tell them about Prince Nuada? Uh, I I tell them, hey, if you like over the top acrobatics, this guy's got it all. No, but uh, honestly, Nuada and the elves, I really want made me fall in love with Hellboy too. Is something about that mystical, almost steampunk at times. Uh, like the the whole world of of the elves, how they live in the, like the underground area, and um, they have all this really really cool weaponry. I love this like his swords, for example. I love those things. I think you're actually talking in a previous episode about some guy on a Facebook group who wanted to buy new auto swords. That that, that was me. <laughs> that, that was, was you. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> Kate probably saw that, and of course it's you, the way you're talking about yeah. him. I Kate loves that character too, especially just design wise. Like really called out like how like. The makeup is not just like sort of white makeup. It's really like that tree texture. Yeah, yeah. Very wood, and it's very cool. And again, that's that detail that Guillermo del Toro brings to those, to that, the, the world of right. Hellboy in his movies. Yeah, awesome. and that's, that's something I would pitch also is just the, the amount of detailed level of design in the movies. Like, you know, yes, it's a del Toro movie. You, you kind of expect that. But for newcomers, like this is this is probably, you know, I would say the most accessible del Toro film for new people, newcomers. and you know, just to, to kind of dip your toe in Del Toro's mind, if you will, and see what it's all about. And then, you know, go from there, you know, watch Hellboy, watch Hellboy 2, 
get, you know, get involved in it. And that's really what I think gets a lot of people these days into the comics too, is they kind of start down that rabbit hole. So I, I oh. pissed them for that too. You know, you're going to get, you know, you watch one movie, you think it's good and it doesn't stop there. You're going to get invested in the whole world. I dig it. I want to just ask one last question off the cuff. Sure. You being such a fan of these movies, mm -hmm. which I love, if Guillermo del Toro sat down with you, Josiah, mm -hmm. and he said, Oh my gosh. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you pick one absolute thing that I'll put in this third movie. Oh my gosh! If, have you thought about something that you just wish that you would hope makes it into a third movie? What would it? Is that ever crossed your mind, or is it something you want to happen or That's see? That's crossed my mind a lot. And first of all, I'd probably like pass out under the pressure of that question. <laughs> oh my gosh! I like I, on one hand, I'm like, yes, I I die for that opportunity. On the other hand, I'd be like, I don't want to ruin this movie. <laughs> I want to enjoy it. No, but <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I, I think that's okay. I, I'd, I One thing I would like to see is a, and it's kind of vague, a very, very emotional and climactic ending. Whether that comes in the form of, you know, Hellboy having to sacrifice himself to save the world or whatever, or, or whether that comes in, you know, some kind of redemption for him or redemption for another character. Yeah, I know it's very vague, but some some movies kind of don't get that, you know. Some movies some movies don't really know how to handle the, the ending of a you know, like of a massive story. I think of you know, okay, this is this might be a hot take, but I think of the last Star Wars movies. Like, they, yeah, I think you're right. They didn't really know how to handle you know that legacy they were left with. I just, right. well, I trust Del Toro completely. The only thing I would I would want him concretely to set in stone is a satisfying and a emotional ending to the like really legacy he's leaving behind for the Hellboy character. I think that's a great ask. It yeah. could come in many forms that Guillermo will give you. And I think that's a great ask. It's mm -hmm. not asking too much. Awesome. And, you know, I hope you get your wish. I hope Guillermo and his wife get to get to whether whether it's to write or rewrite his script that already is sitting in a, a file somewhere. Mm -hmm. I hope they get to write the Hellboy that you love. Hellboy oh, my gosh. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, that's it. Thanks again, uh, Josiah, for just taking the time out on a, on a weekend just to talk with me briefly. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I really, really appreciate it. Um, and once again, everybody check out Hellboy uh, at Hellboy 3 and hashtag release Hellboy 3. Yes. This has been a long time coming out. I, I love your guys' show. I can't, I can't believe I'm, I'm on it right now. <laughs> Great. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. My name is Ian Widener, and I discovered Hellboy when I was 11 years old. My grandma was going back to college at the time, and I was it was during the summer, so I was going like with her to community college. And the librarian was getting married to a comic book writer and artist. He was this guy who started like his own like small comics publishing group called like Ape Entertainment in the early 2000s. It crashed along with like the big bubble of it all. And like college, like um, library, being a librarian was his fallback. So he fell in love with this like local librarian at a community college. And with there was around the same time a boom of getting graphic novels into comic into uh, libraries at the time. So as a result, this little podunk community college in Independence, Kansas, <laughs> had the very first printings of the library editions of Hellboy. Oh. And I grew up severely, severely religious, like only like watching VeggieTales, like on weekends, basically. <laughs> I opened it up at like the just worst time in my life and I was terrified of it. Except <laughs> the library also had a copy of The Amazing Screw on Head, which had 
of course, Amazing Screw-On Head and a couple other short stories in it. And as an 11 year old, I really liked just the weirdness of that particular issue. So it kind of had this thing in the back of my mind around the same time there was like a DVD that had previews and there was the Hellboy movie for the preview. And it was the coolest <laughs> early 2000s preview I could have ever seen. And my, my, my grandma at the time was very much like, it has hell in the name. There's no way you're watching that. That is the month. <laughs> so all of this is just kind of brewing in my mind. I go off to college and right before me and my two best friends start our freshman year, we take a road trip. And on this road trip, we go from Lincoln, Nebraska, up to northern Washington, down the coast, and like go back to Lincoln, like around the San Francisco Bay area. And at the very start of it, I mean, I didn't have my driver's license. So I'm sitting in the back seat, bored as hell. And my other two best friends <laughs> having a Ross and Rachel moment and falling in love on this road trip. And I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> and I I had discovered which I now know to be pirating comics, which I don't do anymore. Thank you, Hoopla. But I just looking through and I was away from my community college, like library and my local library, which both had like massive amounts of comics. So I am just pouring over this infinite internet catalog and I stumble upon Hellboy and I thought, let's give this a try. And I think I read the entire, this was 2016. So I read the entirety of whatever was out of Hellboy at the time in the span of two weeks. Wow. The only thing I didn't read was like the BPRD stuff at the time, but. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. And it twisted my brain in this beautiful way. Cause along the same time, I was also watching the X-Files and doing this American road trip of just the weirdest, like just beautiful green parts of city of the, sorry, of the country. And it just, I love Hellboy. It'll always have that kind of memory and connection in my mind with that. That's amazing. What a journey of Hellboy yeah. from being scared to super yeah. fun. <laughs> I think that's great. Uh, these stories are so fun to hear how people discovered it. It's just delightful. That is great. I love it. Do you have, I mean, you've read it all, it sounds like. So do you have a favorite story? The amazing thing Hellboy has given me is a greater appreciation for more horror. Because it was, Hellboy was my starting spot. And incredibly, it has, it even has like occult themes and everything in it too. I guess Ma was right all along. But it has incredible, <laughs> like, just horror roots in it that run deep from Lovecraftian to Mr. James to even Stephen King in some certain ways. But my favorite is the folklore aspects with Baba Yaga and especially the Crooked Man. So the Crooked Man is one of my favorites because that was still at the time when I was still scared, just seeing the actual devil walking around as the real man in the backwoods of Appalachia just was incredible. And I remember being scared reading that comic. <laughs> and then reading The Troll Witch and Others, which was just this beautiful collection of fairy tales of, and Hellboy beating the crap out of them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Those are great selections. I think that's awesome. And did you eventually, have you read all the BPRD now? Or are you like us and making your way? So through? I was, when I was trying to do the online, like when I was pirating them and I was going through the catalog, I had to look up separately what the chronicle chronological order of it all was. And I 
I fell off of it right at about where we're at in the podcast. And it's been the thing too, of I've tried to go back and reread them through hoopla and I have to find the chronological order of them. And just like life keeps happening. And then I keep, I, I like physical print a lot better than reading it on my phone anyways, too. So it's the deal of, I'm still about right where we're at in the podcast where you listening to it. So. Oh, that's great. You'll be listening around along with or reading along with us, which is awesome. And I'm with you. I prefer physical items. I just, this day and age, I have an iPad that I have become, has only become my comic book reading apparatus. I don't use it for anything else (laughs) other than like, and a lot of times it's stuff like right now I revisit digitally because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Oh, I'm on the go and I don't really want to drag my trade and maybe get it beat up so like i'm like my response to the new batman was to read grant morrison's batman because oh yeah because i love the colors and like i'm like i want a batman that's colorful again (laughs) i don't want this the i don't want a batman that's constantly referred you know these these directors trying to create frank miller on the screen a hundred times blah 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 i was like i don't want to i'm gonna like just read the digital because they have it on hoopla that's what I do. So I'm with you, though. Print is print is king. Yeah. Print is king. I'm reading my League of Extraordinary Gentlemen in my old trades right now as well. Oh man, that's a crazy. Yeah, that is a crazy <laughs> series. Too. Some of it's completely over my head. It is insane the little details Alan Moore throws into all of his works. Like two years ago, I read his works that he his Providence series, where it's based off of like H.P. Lovecraft's you know whole series and everything like that, and turns it on its head by having the main protagonist be a Jewish closeted gay man, which, you know, real big middle finger to Lovecraft, which is fantastic. Right. But (laughs) the insane amount of Easter eggs with that, like I was having to have a whole another browser open just to fully appreciate everything that was happening. It is ridiculous, that man. I think Mignola does sort of similar, right? With his folktales and things like that. Like I... Luckily, he's a good enough storyteller that I don't need to know those references 100%. When you're, especially when you first read yeah. them, I think you could enrich it, but it doesn't like, but you could do the same thing. Uh, we've definitely hit walls where I'm like, I don't know what that is. Right. <laughs> that's how great of a podcast we are. We just go, we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's one of your guys' strengths, though, too, of getting the listeners oh, to man. get in with you and like discover it along with you in real time. So awesome. Well, I appreciate that. You've definitely added a lot to that. We highly, highly appreciate your emails. Like that, that um, interaction is what makes the show, I think, keeps us coming back right. on top of just wanting to read good material and talk about it between us. So we can't, we can't um, thank you enough for all the great emails and correspondence. Of course. That stuff's awesome. If you met a newcomer to Hellboy, let's say that they're just already curious. They're already curious. They just don't want to make the commitment. How would you pitch or sell Hellboy for them to get them to pick it up? Steer them as far away from the 2019 movie as possible. (laughs) Wow, we got our first dig on the 2019 movie. (laughs) Real hot take there. See, when I, when I read the question, I misread it as how would I pitch it as a TV series, but... Oh, wow. Well, if you want to pitch it as a TV series, go. So I have been watching a lot of horror recently on Shudder, and the big thing I would do would have it be a live-action anthology series like Channel Zero or um, Creepshow. So basically take a season and adapt a storyline in Hellboy 
with, you know, just a director, writer, kind of a new crew each time with the same like kind of production team overseeing it and have different takes like how honestly they do half the time with the new Hellboy and the BPRD comic storylines. So, right. And just the idea of, I think definitely Hellboy, one of the better things about Hellboy is the collaborative creative process. Just how many people have touched Hellboy now at this point of, I think next year is going to be the 30th anniversary of Hellboy. Another one of the issues I forgot to bring up with my favorites was the A Long Night at, and I'm probably butchering the Russian version of this, but A Long Night at Cole Sloshy Station, where it's Hellboy and this uh, monster, this werewolf hunter at a train station. Like just that one issue story is amazing with incredible artwork by Matt Smith. And it's just a really, really good story. So I think having fresh eyes of a creative team bringing what they love about Hellboy to a particular storyline would kind of help the problem of, especially in the 2019 one, of adding too too many cooks in one pot and having too many storylines trying to be crowded into one thing as much as possible. I dig this pitch. I think the Creep Show anthology is right mm-hmm. on. I think you're 100. I think that would be a great way for a Hellboy TV show to function. Because even if it is titled Hellboy or BPRD, whatever it is, mm-hmm. it would be, it'd just be cool that you could have an episode, like we might get three in a row with Hellboy, right? right? Of these little tells. Then you could have one where it's like, oh, it's just Abe and Liz on a, on a case or any B, or just one that's just all BPRD agents. I don't yeah. know. Like that's a very cool take. Um, and then maybe eventually you could get those longer storylines, but I'm fine with this this anthology take great pitch great pitch i'm glad you i'm glad you reread that question ron (laughs) um i'm glad that i phrased it incorrectly uh for you to pitch us a great tv series for hellboy you hear that you hear that hbo max or whoever owns i don't know who owns hellboy now to be honest i i'd have to find out lionsgate still or I don't know millennium yeah it's i think it's still millennium right now but it would be great great pitch Great pitch. I mean, I, I'm sold. That's a great, I'm just amazed by that pitch. Any any last words you want to share with the other listeners out there? Just keep reading Hellboy. Keep supporting comics and go to your local comic book store and grab um, Radio Spaceman. You keep, you keep paying for this stuff and we're going to keep getting awesome comics. It's the w- way it works. <laughs> I'm, I agree. I have two com- local comic book stores. One email, one mails me and then the other one I go. Yeah, I gotcha. So. Yeah, my Ooh. my local one is dying. It's it's basically just a tabletop game anymore. They don't have any DC comics because Diamond is screwing them over on that. And the other one is a, a, lo- a local chain. So it's support your local comic shops, guys. They're real people. They're real awesome people. And yeah, uh, that got sad. <laughs> You're not being sad. It's just the way the world we got it. We have to fight for what we love. Thank you again, Ian. I really appreciate it. I'm going to just say it again. We really appreciate all your correspondence with us, uh, your emails. They enrich the show. So keep it up. And, you know, hopefully your example will bring others to uh, to share their thoughts with us. Drew Campbell. So uh, I was in the comics in the 90s, you know, uh, just kind of generically kind of got into the little bit of X-Men and like X-Force kind of stuff is kind of where I started and wasn't really like collecting any certain thing. I would just kind of get, it'd be like the 
get like a grab bag that I could get out of like a Sears catalog or something. I'd put that on my Christmas list and stuff like that. So I just get you know, random stuff and I started to, you know, kind of get more into it. And I, I read the wizard magazines and all that stuff. And uh, there was always, you know, they would always have little bits and stuff about Hellboy. I never really paid too much attention to it, but I was aware of it. Uh, and then sometime in the late nineties. So I was a big tool fan. I was on the tool website and there was like a section of recommended reading or something. And they had, it might've been one of the novels. It might've been the, uh, the first Hellboy novel was on there. And so then I was like, all right, I like comics. I like tool. And they're telling me about Hellboy. I guess I'll give it a shot. So uh went to the comic shop one time and went looking under the H and they had uh I think it was uh almost Colossus they had. So I picked those both those issues up and that was the first one I read and uh I was hooked pretty much from the start. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, that means I definitely have tool to thank for bringing you to the, the Hellboy uh, fan uh, community. That's awesome. I mean, that's that's such a unique way to find a Hellboy comic. I love it. Um, I, I, I don't think anybody else will ever be able to match that. It's just one of those things. It's like this cross of two different things that I'm interested in. It's like, well, I have to give it a shot. So and it was it was worth it. <laughs> I dig it. Do you still listen to Tool while reading Hellboy? Uh, I don't know if I've ever listened to it while reading Hellboy. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't tend to listen to stuff when I'm reading. I know a lot of people like to kind of have a soundtrack or whatever, but I, I, I don't know. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't help me focus on it or anything. Okay, okay. I prefer to just read. Makes total sense. I love it. But that's great. I love it. Okay, so you you start with Almost Colossus. That's a great place to start. A great two-issue storyline. But um, in addition to the, like the whole, we have so much Hellboy material these days. Do you have a favorite storyline that you particularly like or do you always return to? Man, I don't, I don't know if I can pick a favorite. Uh, it's also good, but I, I guess I do kind of, I have a special place in my heart, uh, Conqueror Worm. That was the first one, I guess, that I read as a new story that was coming out. Awesome. And to me, it's kind of in the sweet spot between Mignola's earlier style and his later his later style. And, and I don't know. I, I enjoy that one a lot. It's got a lot of good stuff in it, the Lobster Johnson stuff and, you know, early Roger and all that kind of stuff. You know, like I said, I can't really pick a favorite. I, I get that not being able to pick a favorite. It's very hard. Like even picking an artist that does to Hellboy is sort of hard. Mine is like, I definitely have, I go in between Mignola and Fagredo and then, but then I'll find one. I'm like, Oh, that looks great too. So I, it's a hard question. You're a true fan. If it's a hard question, I think. <laughs> but I, I think Conqueror Worm's a great pick though, because for me, that was my entry point into it. I think that's the one that my brother, when I was when I used to live in Utah, he lived in California. I visited and I was at a comic book store with him, and he suggested Hellboy for it to me, and that was like the trade that I got. So I'm with you there. It's it's up there with me as well. It's a special spot. If you met somebody and they were and they're open, they're curious, but they just need a little bit of a more of a shove to read Hellboy. 
for a newcomer, how would you pitch or sell Hellboy to them? How would you get them to just pick up the book and give it a try? Uh, let's see. I guess I would I would tell them, you know, it's a it's a world in which all folklore and mythology is real, but it all works together. It's not like disjointed. It all makes sense together. It's put together in a in an intelligent and thoughtful way. And it's a, it's a very poetic and human story, at least as far as the Hellboy title itself. The BPRD stuff goes in a pretty different direction, but Hellboy itself is, there's so much poetry and the storytelling and the, and the art. And uh, it, it's, it's, not, it's not what you would expect when you hear a synopsis of what it's about. You know, you hear about a, a demon paranormal investigator it kind of send your mind in one direction, but it, it it goes in so many different ways than you would expect. There's action, but there's moments of just silence that are some of the most powerful moments in the whole thing. Uh, and that's one of the things that I feel like the movies have never really gotten. You know, the movies want to make it, make it just a big action roller coaster ride, but they forget about the quiet moments that the real you know character moments that show you that even though this guy is a demon, he's one of the most human characters that you can find. Yeah, just uh <laughs> something like that. Well said. Uh, and that's great, Drew. Don't even like even question. That was all very well said. I think that is definitely going to get many more people to listen to Hellboy. I thought that was awesome. I can only agree with everything you just said. I think that was rad. Thank you for sharing. I know these are like questions that sort of put you on the spot, uh, but that's great. I think you articulated that awesome. And I think that is that, especially the quiet moments. I think that's a very understated thing with Hellboy and Mignola. He is that we, we love a big boom from him, but he says there's a lot more in the page than when there's not a big boom. So great. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, our time is sort of up, but I wanted to thank you, Drew, for one, just taking the time out. Also, before even today, I want to thank you for being a really consistent and uh, thoughtful listener. And I mean that because you sent us several emails over the course of our six seasons that we have thus far. And you really just add a lot of great thoughts, knowledge that you get from other sources to, and bring to us. And you've enhanced our podcast simply by being a listener and, and, a, uh, and a contributor contributor via the email so thank you drew really appreciate it it's my pleasure i enjoy listening to you guys and of course it's always fun to listen and talk about hellboy you are right about that drew uh i gotta let you know that you are the winner of our last fundraiser <laughs> you're gonna get a bunch of stuff sent to you <laughs> what do you think of that <laughs> uh, i'm looking forward to it well, I'm looking forward to packing up all this stuff of your winnings. Sweet. But uh, thank you again, Drew. And hopefully we'll hear more from you in the future via email in the pod. Absolutely. Thank you, man. Awesome. Those are great um, interviews. Thanks again to my three guests. And thank you again for being listeners of the podcast, Josiah, Ian, and Drew. Thank you so much for taking the time out to join me on the show and discuss Hellboy and your fandom and your love for this thing that me and Kate love as well. I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to join me and make this a very special bonus episode this season. 
For all of you listening, um, I want to remind you that we love hearing your thoughts. So you can share your thoughts on anything that was discussed in this episode or all previous episodes by emailing us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us and share your thoughts with us um, directly on Instagram. That is at awcrapahellboypodcast. Just remember that we don't share your thoughts from Instagram on the show. That will just be a little too much work for me. (laughs) Uh, This is a passion project, so, you know, I just put in the time I want. But if you do want your um, thoughts on the show, do uh, email us um, because that's how we're going to be able to put your your thoughts on the show in our segment of, oh, boy, email. So... Thank you. And if you could please go out of your way to rate and review the show on whatever platform you're listening to, if they if they give you the option to rate us, please do. Please subscribe as well. But if you can go out of your way to go on to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review that starts with the word boom. We call it a boom review. If you give us a boom review, we will read your review right here on the show and give you all the praise and love for giving us that review. So thank you again for listening. I want to remind you that for the next couple of weeks, Kate's going to be out. Um, We hope um, by the end of the month, get back to our regular programming with the storm part two. I don't know what's coming up next, guys. I'm just going to try to get put together some great bonus episodes for you. So please stay tuned to next week's episode, whatever that ends up being. But once again, thank you for listening. And remember, we love you. Do you like comic books? Do you like brothers? Do you like brothers talking about comic books? Then this is the podcast for you. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Will Hines and Kevin Hines, performers from the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater, and actual brothers talk about actual comic books they love, like Spider-Man, The Fantastic Four, and many more. If you prefer your podcast to be about fictional people talking about fictional books, this isn't it. But otherwise... Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. Campfire.